Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. And welcome back to Laying the Points, part of this podcast brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Anthony Miko. You can find me on Twitter at Apista. My co-host is Action Network writer Matt LaMarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. Matt, how's it going? Going really well. Uh, excited for NFL wildcard weekend here. That's uh, one of the better weeks of football. I mean, next week is better. You know, we're going to get all of the bye week teams in action and get two games on Saturday and Sunday. But this is up there, and I'm excited for some of these games. I mean, they're all expected to be close. Nobody favored by more than uh, a touchdown, and three of the games have a spread of three points or less. So I think we should have some good entertaining football this weekend. Yeah, definitely excited for mm-hmm. it. It's crazy how fast the season goes. Um, yep. I mean, we started this show at last year's Super Bowl, and we're almost at our second annual Super Bowl show. So it goes quick, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep giving out some, some good info for the listeners. As a reminder, before we get into the show, so, you know, you guys can still get that Rotoviz NFL pass for 30% off. Uh, obviously, fantasy season is over, but we're going to be getting into some stuff at the draft. Uh, Jones is, is cooking up a bunch of stuff over on the PGA side. I don't think that's separate yet from the NFL sub. So uh, still lots of really good stuff to get over there at Rotoviz. And of course, if you go to rotaviz.com slash podcast, you save 30% on the pass. So honestly, pretty reasonably priced to begin with. And you save 30% on top of that. Uh, just an absolute no-brainer. So uh, head on over to Rotoviz and do that. Um, and before we get into the picks, oh, Jones is actually in the chat. He says PGA is free. All right. Go Jones. Hey, Jonesy. Given the free golf content. Um, all right, cool. So just get on over there and check that out anyway. So <laughs> before we get into the uh, the actual picks and, and some of our you know analysis about the games, it was just New Year's, Matt, and uh, I think that it's a great time to have some resolutions. And uh, I'm not too cheesy with like the typical you know resolutions, but I gave out my DFS resolutions on the stream uh, last week. Uh, And now it seems reasonable to give a sports betting resolution as well. I'm actually going to kick it to you first, because this was your idea to put this on the show. Um, You know, what's a, what's a sports betting resolution for you? Yeah, I saw your, your DFS stream where you did this and I thought it was uh, a really cool idea. And I think there was a lot of useful information in there. So, um, you know, I thought it would be a good idea to follow up with it. As far as like real life resolutions, I have like too many to count because I'm always trying and failing most of the time to change things in my life. But uh, as far as sports betting goes, those I can think I think I can come up with something reasonable. Um, one thing that I want to start doing more is adding in some money line bets, when, particularly when I'm betting on underdogs. Uh, typically, I only bet spreads, at least in the NFL, and. The number of teams, like the the disparity between teams that cover the spread versus teams that win outright is like a really, really thin percentage in football. Like almost every time a a underdog covers a spread, it's because they win the game outright. So I think I'm costing myself some money in the long run by focusing solely on spread bets. And I kind of want to incorporate a little bit more money line action moving forward, similar to like how we do in baseball. Like maybe I'll, I'll lose a couple of them, but uh, they're going to hit at a high enough clip that I can make up for it. Even if I'm not hitting as, as high of a percentage, you know, the, the plus odds is going to make me a winner. I think in the long term. Yeah. I really like that, especially for some of these small underdogs, like uh, if, you know, just looking at the games this week, even like, the Colts plus or plus one, Seattle's plus one and a half. Like those are teams you can just take on the money line and eliminate 
the juice that you're going to have to pay on uh, on the spread. Right. So uh, definitely like that. I think for me, I just need to stop making stupid combination bets. Like I am, I'm a square man. I'm a square when it comes to some of these things. Like I, I want to get the big odds. I'm definitely like a GPP kind of player from like a DFS perspective. So then I go to bet and I'm like, well, I don't know if I really want to lay like, you know, 120 on this. Like I let's just pair it with like three other games, you know, like, and I don't always do it, but like sometimes I just get greedy and I'm like, Oh, what if they just all hit? And I win like a grand on like a $10 bet, you know, uh, just got to stop doing that. I hear you. Those are tempting bets, man, but there's a reason you can get that kind of juicy odds and it's because <laughs> you're not going to win them very often. So, uh, I know if, if Jones is still here, Jones is a sucker for parlays too. Um, I've pre- pretty much completely eliminated them from my, uh, my repertoire at this point. Uh, I'm more a fan of like doing a teaser if I can tease across a couple of key numbers, but like straight parlays, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done with those. Like, I guess the exception would be if you wanted to parlay a couple of favorites in like MLB, but in the NFL, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen on a week to week basis. Like, I think we can take that away as like a lesson from this season. Basically, anybody can beat anybody on any given week. Except for uh, the Hugh Jackson Browns against uh, someone good. But, yeah, <laughs> right, then like, they just die. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and I think, like, I need to just, like, bet bigger on games that I like instead of betting multiple units on multiple games. Uh, like, that's another thing. That's another hole that I think I've had in my game where it's like, you know, like, we make our picks in the show and... You've done a really good job, I feel like, over the last month of like deciding what picks you like the most and investing the most in those picks. Whereas I've I've kind of like found like the three or five bets I like and just bet evenly instead of weighting it more heavily in the games I'm more confident. So I mean, part of that is you know I feel a little better at identifying the games I'm most confident, in, but uh, definitely want to I think increase the risk on uh, you know the spots that I like the most. Yeah, I mean, I kind of touted that last week as something that I think is like kind of a must like it's like at the blackjack table you know the numbers are in your disadvantage in the long run but it so if you keep sitting there and just playing the you know the table minimum or whatever and you play for five hours there's a good chance you're going home a loser at the end of the day but if you pick your spots and you get the money in when you are supposed to and you know uh increase your bet sizing at times like yeah you have a good chance of being a winner i think the same it's not a direct correlation obviously but i think the same philosophy kind of applies to sports betting like that's the advantage of being the player, right? Like the sports book has to post odds for every game. As a player, you do not have to take odds for every game. So you pick the, you know, your favorite spots each week uh, and then you lay the juice on them. Like that's why you have to pay the juice. So uh, I, I'm a firm believer in that. And I think that that's a, a winning strategy long-term. Boom. So we're all about bettering ourselves in the sports betting. And we've got four really good games to talk about. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. We're going to start with the Saturday games. Uh, early action. First game of the weekend is going to be Colts at Texans. Uh, Indy is a one-point dog, as I mentioned before. The total right now on my bookie is at 48. Uh, just a couple of key stats on these teams. Uh, Indy is 8th in overall DVOA. Houston is 11th. Uh, that's uh, for on offense, it's Indy 10, Houston 21. On defense, Indy 10, Houston 7. And on special teams, Indy 12 and Houston 5. Uh, so I just wanted to give a little context there about the teams. Uh, Matt, what are some of your key takeaways about this game? Yeah, really interesting game for me. Uh, I mean, me and you have kind of been riding the Colts all season. Yep. And I want to go back to the well here. But I just think that this, that all the value with this spread is now pretty much gone. If anything, I'm, I'm leaning in the Houston direction because what those numbers have just told me is that these two teams are pretty much even. Mm-hmm. You know, the Colts have a, a slight edge on offense and the Texans maybe a slight edge on defense. But I think overall, these two teams are pretty much even. We know Andrew Luck historically does pretty well against the Texans, but uh, I think that, you know, saying that the Colts are two point better, two points better on a neutral field right now is not accurate. And over at the Action Network, we have the power rating spread on this game at Houston minus three and a half. So when this spread opened, 
at three, I was prepared to take Indianapolis. But now that it's down to just one, I think I have to side with the Texans. Interesting you say that uh, because I am going with the Colts. I'm going to keep riding with Indy. <laughs> um, I do agree that like a lot of the value is gone. Like I think this opened like closer to three, depending on where you looked. I know yeah. uh, a couple of spots I looked on like Monday it was two and a half. Uh, that was the time to buy for sure. Now it's down to one. I, I still think that the Colts are going to win this game outright. I think that they're the better team. I mean, they're they're very balanced. Uh, Houston, I think, has struggled a little bit offensively, a little under the radar, honestly, because of how good Deshaun Watson is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, no Demarius Thomas. They may not have Kiki QT. So, like, just, oh, no. <laughs> just the... Uh, <laughs> how will they survive without Kiki QT? Hey, he's been pretty good. And he's been good against uh, he's been against Colts in particular. Sure, yeah, he's a jag though. But uh, the point is like just DeAndre Hopkins, you know. Um, the, a couple of the trends that I found here, just in terms of the overall numbers, because uh, this is a division game, so we have you know these teams playing for a third time this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, road playoff teams in division games are 11-6-1 against the spread. Obviously not a huge sample size, but I mean, it doesn't really happen that often. Uh, but the road teams tend to do pretty well. Now, I would imagine part of that has to do with like the value that you get on it being a road team. Like We've already argued that maybe some of that value is gone here. But uh, that's just something that I'm looking at. Uh, also, uh, games... Uh, sorry, also we know that we've been riding like the Andrew Luck trends pretty much all year. So. Yeah. Really like that. I, I mean, just from like a pure football standpoint, I feel like the Colts are are better. Like I think that defensively they have a lot more pieces. I think that what they like to do on defense, which is force the ball underneath, is really advantageous for them. Because uh, I don't really know if Houston can string along drives in this team against this team. I mean, we saw the second game go way under between them. That was in Houston. Uh, now we're in Houston again. Like I don't know. I just feel like we're gonna see not uh not the exact same game, but I think that the game is gonna go under, and I think that the Colts are going to win. I think that ultimately they have the better pieces. Now a big part of this game, I will say, is the health of T. Y. Hilton, who uh just can't escape this ankle issue he's been having. You know, aggravated it again in Week 17, must win spot obviously. So Colts had to use him. Uh, sounds like if you listen to Frank Wright that he's maybe not going to be on the field every play or at least not like a featured player every play. Uh, but the team obviously is going to pick their spots and, and use them wisely. How impactful is the Hilton injury to you, Matt, in this matchup? I mean, I think it matters for sure. You know, especially he's the only guy on the team really that has the ability to take the top off of the defense. Um, they're already kind of thin, at the skill positions. So, you know, maybe it's like a, we're going to see a lot of Naeem and Hines in the passing game. Maybe, um, you know, obviously Ebron will be involved, but other than that, this team really doesn't have anybody. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it matters to me. I don't think Hilton is a true, like changes the game when he's in versus out type of guy, but he's probably pretty close to that level. Yeah. I think I agree with that. Um, I mean, I love T.Y. Hilton. That's like one of my guys. But Same. And we both, I know both of us really appreciate like the, the true burners in the league. Yeah. Like even if those guys can't, don't have always the most consistent game logs, just the threat of speed on the field is a huge deal for your offense. Yeah. So like, and, and he's definitely going to be out there. So like it's the, the, I'm most curious just about like how Houston's going to play him. Like if they're going to like five minutes into the game, be like, all right, like this guy clearly can't run. Like, we're just going to, you know, move up and, and take away, you know, generational talent, Chester Rogers and uh, <laughs> Dontrell Inman underneath. Um, so we'll see. I mean, both of these teams have really had a ton of injuries on offense. And uh, I, I just think that the Colts are better. And this is the best quarterback matchup that I think we're going to get all weekend, which is which is pretty fun to me. Uh, I mean, we I think we're both Watson fans and obviously we like luck, so. I think we're going to see some pretty cool stuff in this game. I'm, I'm a little upset. It's the first game of the weekend from like a DFS perspective, but uh should be good. Uh, one trend I want to throw out, this is courtesy of um, the Action Network playoff power rating article 
But uh, Indy is fifth in the league in points right now, 27.1 points per game. And Houston is fourth in terms of points allowed at 19.8 points per game. Uh, Since 03, when a defense allowing 20 points per game or less faces an offense scoring 26 points per game or more, the defensive team is 39-29-2 against the spread. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like that's not like a huge factor in in why I think Houston's the correct side here. It's more just the way that the line has moved. But uh, if you do like Houston like me, that's at least something to uh, to tuck into your back pocket. Nice. It's very, very interesting, actually. Um, second game on the weekend. Just a, an absolute barn burner. Uh, Seahawks <laughs> at Cowboys. I mean, I, you said at the top of the show, like, the games next week are better. Like, the games next week are going to be way better. Like, all the, good, all the good offenses play next week. Uh, yeah. Seattle is getting a point and a half here on the road. So, again, we have another small home favorite in Dallas. The total is set at 43 here. We know that these are two of the heaviest run teams in the league. If we look at them from a DVOA perspective, Seattle is 12th. Dallas all the way down at 21, which kind of surprised me. Uh, On offense, it's Seattle 9, Dallas 24. On defense, Seattle 14, Dallas 9. And on special teams, Seattle 24, Dallas 23. These teams hate special teams. Awesome. Um (laughs) So what's your take on? I mean, this does match? that even matter anymore? Special teams? Yeah, I think there's no does. kick returns. There's no punt returns. It's, it's really just all are. about. I mean, I guess Sebastian Janikowski might matter because he's like, literally looks like my father out there trying to tackle people on kickoff returns. But other than that, everything's a touchback. What does it matter? Yeah, well, Maybe like, that's just me. I'm a special teams homer, so that's why <laughs> I put it in there. I know no one else cares. It's just really just me. Uh, but what do you think of the matchup, Matt? Interesting matchup. Um, two teams that are kind of old school in their approach. You know, like they want to establish the run game, um, not air it out type teams, which as we get deeper into the playoffs, that's more what we're going to see. I like Seattle here. I mean, you know I'm a Russell Wilson guy. Um, I think both of us kind of think that the Cowboys are a little bit overrated at this point. I mean, Dallas has certainly improved since they acquired Amari Cooper, um, you know, that, that addition, while a lot of people mocked it at the time, you know, nothing, nothing makes me happier than seeing a bunch of smoke people on Twitter have to eat their words. Um, and occasionally I am one of them, but I think we both were kind of like, you know what, giving up a mid to late first round pick for Amari Cooper, who's still like 23, I think. (laughs) Yeah. He's like crazy young, you know, and like has had, pretty much unparalleled success in his first couple of years in the season. Like, I think we all agreed that that was a good move. Um, that said, like, can one player really make that much of a difference on your team? I- I'm not sure. Uh, the Cowboys have played better, but I still think that they might be a little bit overvalued at the moment. Seattle is, is an enigma because we just hate the style of football that they play. Gross. Like if, if they drop back and let Russell Wilson, you know, handle the ball on 60% of their dropbacks instead of like 50, I think we would both like Seattle much better. And they honestly might not be in this situation, but here they are. Uh, The one thing that I will say is Cowboys historically as a favorite under Jason Garrett, big surprise here, but they have not been very good. (laughs) 32, 45 and three against the spread Uh, at home when they're receiving the majority of the betting tickets, 17-32-1 against the spread, including 0-2 against the spread in the playoffs. So uh, they're only receiving the the very, very slight majority of the bets right now. But I think as we get to the weekend, that's going to change a little bit. So I like, the, I like the Seahawks here. You know, like I'm kind of still undecided on if Dallas is any good or not. Of all the teams that made the playoffs, they might be the only one that I'm like, yeah, they have no shot of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, – it's like a glass half full thing for me because Amari Cooper like totally saved Jason Garrett's job, but that means yeah. that he still has to deal with Jason Garrett. Like, <laughs> uh, like Right, having, that means Jason Garrett's his coach. Right, like having Amari Cooper hasn't fixed Jason Garrett's play calling. It's just that like he makes so many plays happen on his own and I don't know, like, how much, like, stuff you read, but, like, pretty much 
Dak like completely audible on like one of those. I forget which game. I think it was the game where he had like the three touchdowns. Like okay. the second one at the end of the game that forced it into overtime was just like a stone audible. Like Amari was like asking for the ball, like this one play the whole game, and Jason Garrett wouldn't call it, and Dak was just like, "Fine, do the thing we <laughs> do, do the thing we talked about, man," and uh, and score. Like it's just it's very bad. Um, I was really surprised to see that they ranked so low in DVOA. Honestly, like and that, I think it's like the confirmation bias I need. Uh, <laughs> in terms of Seattle, uh, they do they have skewed a little more pass heavy on the road. Then they have at home. I mean, part of that obviously could be uh, about the score. So I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like completely overreact. But uh, if you look at like points against for them on the road versus at home, uh, it's about the same. Twenty one point six two points allowed uh, at home. Twenty one point seven five on the road. So it's not like they've played like worse defense in those spots, but they are throwing the ball uh, more when they're away from home. So uh, hopefully that's a good sign. I think that if they do take a little bit more of a pass-heavy approach, they'll do really well because, you know, uh, Dallas really heavy cover two kind of a team. Uh, they keep Byron Jones, who is probably like their most significant playmaker in the secondary. to one side of the field. And uh, it doesn't really matter because Seattle doesn't really have like a true number one receiver anyway. So right. like they're just looking to hit who's ever open deep down the field. You know, Lockett, Baldwin, David Moore. All those guys are, are going to be available. So I, I kind of like how this game lines up for, for Seattle from a schematic standpoint. Uh, you know, you've been able to run against Seattle a little bit this year, which is obviously an issue when you're facing Ezekiel Elliott. I just think that like so many of these, I mean, just football in general, but specifically a playoff game in like a, you know, a good weather environment. I, it just so much to me comes down to who throws the ball better. And uh, I feel way, way better about that being the Seahawks in this case. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned their weapons. Like, I think their weapons are pretty undervalued at this point. Um, I don't know if it ended up finishing the season this way, but at one point, Russell Wilson had a perfect passer rating when targeting Tyler Lockett, which is just crazy. So, um, you know, I love Doug Baldwin. I think that guy is like a legit chain mover and can do do stuff in the red zone as well. Um, he's had kind of a lost year because he's been banged up, but it seems like he's getting a little bit healthier. I mean, he's already kind of limping into the playoffs. He's limped all season. So I'm fully expecting him to just do what he does. Um, yeah, like I, I would love the the Seahawks, honestly, if I knew that I was going to get a pass-heavy game script. Maybe Shadi will flip it on everybody. Uh, and he was just saving it all along. But uh, I, yeah, I, I doubt that. So. Yeah, the, long, the long con. Uh, <laughs> he's been setting it up for seven run. years yeah <laughs> i mean anytime you can be over 60 percent run on first down to set up the pass and we in wildcard weekend you just have to do it it'd be plus ev i think <laughs> all right well let's talk a little bit about my bookie because uh it is bowl season we've seen a lot of really great games already take place uh national championship game is january 7th it's going to feature Alabama against Clemson for what feels like the 600th time of our lifetime. <laughs> um, but it should be a good game, and it should be pretty fun from a betting perspective. It's the best time of the year. We just passed New Year's. New Year's Day was obviously a great time to bet on some on some sports. Hopefully you guys got that action in on my bookie. But make sure that you're getting your action in there. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during bowl season, you got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. Join now, and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for bowl season and the playoffs. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ when you deposit to activate the special offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ at the place where you play. You win, and you get paid. That's MyBookie.ag. And I am really excited, honestly, for these games. So... Uh, you, know, you get your money in now, you get the 50% deposit bonus, you use promo code ROTOVIZ, and uh, you got yourself a little extra scratch for these uh, these games going forward. you have any feel on the national championship game, Amico? Uh, I mean, I think Alabama's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just... Uh, Clemson is down, like, one of their best players on defense, and it doesn't matter when you're playing against Notre Dame, but it really, really matters when you play against Alabama. So, I mean, if Tua, unless Tua gets hurt, 
I really don't see Alabama losing. Right? I just think that guy's the nuts. As you know, Tua 2020, tank for Tua. <laughs> I'm ready. Lefty quarterback. Yeah. Everything looks cool at, when it comes out of his hand. Like, I know, like, uh, you know, they say the pitches dance when it's like a, a pitcher, but uh, mm-hmm. everything he does just looks a lot cooler because it comes from the opposite side. I know, like, I feel like the last, the last, like, real QB prospect that was a lefty wasn't even really that good, but it was uh, Sims. Sims, uh, Phil Sims' son. Chris. Interesting. Yeah, was a lefty. So it's been a while. It's been a while, but we'll see. Yeah. The, the last two left handed touchdowns that have been thrown in the NFL have been thrown by skill position players. I oh think. Gosh. I don't, I don't have the, like, Is I'm not 100% a sure, but I'm pretty sure Landry threw one left handed this year. And prior to that, it was Dez. So oh, I did see Landry throw one this year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I think those are the last two, so it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm on the other side. I-, I really want Clemson to get to seven. I don't think that'll happen, but if Clemson gets to seven, I think that that's a spot that I'm definitely uh, going to look to exploit. You know, some of the college football guys I've talked to at Action Network said this this spread should be closer to like four. So I highly doubt that it gets back up to seven, but um, if I had to take a side, it would be Clemson. It, that, but it's just scary going up against Alabama. So right. I'm not really looking to do it unless I think it's a super profitable spot. Right. They're the Patriots of college football and they have prime Brady. So good analogy. I mean, I'm doing. not, I'm not putting two in that class yet. Like, you no, are, but like but for college, I'm saying like proportionally for college right. football, you know, right. Okay. Really good. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from 19.99, polos from 16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. So the Sunday games, I mean, they project to be like a lot less interesting, but I actually think that these games will be better. Yeah, who thinks they're going to be less interesting? That, that's what people are saying. They're saying, you know, Colts. They're saying Colts-Texans is going to be a shootout. Dallas-Seattle is sneaky good. And uh, the 1 p.m. Sunday game is going to be boring. And the, the afternoon game is going to suck. That's that's what I'm hearing. Um, all right. I don't know. I don't agree with that. I mean, I don't agree with I either. guess if, if by the definition of, like, the Chargers and the Ravens maybe don't play the most exciting brand of football, like, I guess I get that. but. As far as like quality of teams, I think that you could make a case that three of the eight best teams playing this weekend are playing on Sunday. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I love, I love this first game, Chargers at Ravens. Like, it's not a great DFS game, but just in terms of football, it's awesome. Uh, Chargers, you know, had the record to be, you know, the two seed, but because they play in the same division as Pat Mahomes, they have to play a road game here against Baltimore. Baltimore's favored by three at home. Basically says these teams are even, which I think we expect. Uh, they played a really good game earlier this year. Pretty tough to beat a team twice in the same season. Uh, total is set at 42. Uh, and again, just looking at the DVOA numbers, two really good teams. Uh, overall DVOA, Chargers are third. Baltimore is sixth. On offense, the Chargers are third, and Baltimore is 15th. On defense, the Chargers are eighth, and Baltimore is third. And on special teams... The Chargers are 25th, and the Ravens are 6th. Huge special teams edge for Baltimore, Matt. Well, that's not surprising. I mean, you've got Justin Tucker versus, you know, the walking, revolving door of kickers in, in San Diego right. slash Los Angeles. Yeah. What so. we call the loss of th- the loss of three points. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of the matchup? I like the Chargers quite a bit here. Um, I'm actually curious to see where you come in on this game because I know you're a big Lamar guy and a big Baltimore guy, but I just think that the the Chargers getting three here is the best bet of the weekend. Um, if you look at popular underdog teams, meaning they're getting more than uh, 55% of the bets, surprisingly have done well. 27, 17, and one against the spread 
in the playoffs. Um, the big thing for me is just the the Ravens' ability to score the ball with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. I know that their overall numbers in terms of moving the ball might be better, but the one thing that they've really struggled doing with Lamar at quarterback is scoring the ball when they get into the red zone. Uh, not a lot of touchdowns in that situation. Uh, they were 29th in the league with Lamar at quarterback in terms of touchdown rate, or maybe 31st. I think they were the second worst team. And it makes sense, right? Like when you get into those tight areas, it becomes much harder to run the ball. You have to make throws. And Lamar hasn't really demonstrated the ability to do that yet. So I think that the Ravens will be able to move the ball. I just don't know if they're going to be able to score. So I like the Chargers here going into Baltimore to win the game outright. Man, I I definitely see that, like why it would be the right side. I mean, the Chargers played them the first time without Melvin Gordon. Uh, they're gonna have Hunter Henry back for this game, who I know like he probably doesn't play all the snaps. Like maybe he plays twenty snaps, but still a really impactful player for them historically. The the impact from Antonio Gates slash um I don't even remember the other bums tight end to Hunter Henry, if Henry is like not just a gimp, is humongous. Humongous in, increase in, in impact. Yeah, I mean, especially in the red zone. I know Mike Williams has done a lot of red zone things, but uh, if you have to deal with, you know, two dudes in the red zone, it's obviously better. I mean, Keenan Allen is basically a zero in the red zone. So pretty big difference there. Two dudes better than one. Can confirm. Yep. So, I mean, that's kind of like the obvious lean. Like, I think I don't think that it – I don't think you're wrong to pick the Chargers. But, like, I also can't pick four road teams this weekend. <laughs> um <laughs> And I like I just really like the way Baltimore plays. I think that they play the exact brand of football that a team like the Chargers struggle with. And we saw it in the first game, so I don't want to be like too recency biased, but I heard this today on uh, the Simmons podcast with Kevin Clark. He made like exactly the perfect argument, which is that like the Chargers defensively are really built to beat the modern offense. Like they are really strong at pass rusher with Bosa and Ingram. They have great corners. Derwin James at safety is already one of the best safeties in football. But none of that matters against a team that's 70% run, you know, and that's pretty much what Baltimore has been under Lamar. I just, I, I think that the Ravens can kind of grind out and beat anyone with the way that they play. Obviously, being a great defense is a huge, huge asset. Uh, and like once they get a lead, it's really difficult, I think, to get the ball away from them. Now, obviously, the, I think the Chargers like best best chance at winning the game is getting getting a lead early. You know, force Baltimore to do some things that they would otherwise not want to do, which is throw. Uh, but I think that if the Ravens get up early and can get a couple stops, it's going to be really tough to catch up to them. I mean, they've completely dominated time of possession with Jackson at quarterback. Obviously, a big part of that is that they've led in every game. They've only lost one game with Jackson at QB. Uh, but I'm just going to keep riding the hot quarterback here. I, I think that if you're going based on the trends – and on sound betting logic, I agree. Chargers are probably the correct side. I'm going to bet with my heart a little bit here. And I'm <laughs> going to take Lamar. Uh, and just laying three. I mean, I think uh, if you think the game is close, like I'd be surprised if this game was a you know, blowout either way anyway. How do you feel about the fact, I've heard some people say this, like that the Chargers will be the first team to face Lamar Jackson twice. Do you think that matters at all? Um, a little bit. I mean, I don't, so like, I don't want this to become like the Chargers win and then it's just like, oh, see, can't run read option. Like, <laughs> like it's still really hard to do all that stuff. Like, it's still really hard to stop all that. Uh, obviously, like, if you believe that the Ravens run like basically 12 plays right now, that's, <laughs> that's like a big factor. Like, you've already played them once. Um, I think that Harbaugh is going to have like, a couple extra tricks, you know, okay. uh, he's seen this already when they faced Kaepernick, who his brother coached, um, this offensive staff has some of those pieces. I think they know how to get creative in these spots. Uh, and I really think that it takes more than like a couple weeks to really figure out a good game plan to stop something that's completely unique. Like you just only practice against stuff like this when you play Baltimore. So that's kind of my take. I mean, I, I definitely can see it being an, uh, an impact. And I think, like, in general, anytime you play a team twice, it's hard to, you know, to win both games. Uh, 
I'm just trusting the special talent at quarterback, at least with the legs. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anybody at this point thinks that the read option is like a bad play. But I think if you're running it 70% of the time and going with, you know, the Herman Boone, Novocaine playbook, seven plays, give it time, it'll work. Like, I, I think that might be an issue. You know, like mm-hmm. part of what makes the charge or uh, the Rams and Chiefs so special is that they run a lot of spread and, and they throw the ball out of it and they give you different looks. So, you know, my, I do worry about the fact that if they're just going to look to beat them the same exact way that they did the last time they played in Los Angeles, I think that could spell trouble. So we'll see. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I would imagine that Harbaugh has some tricks up his sleeve. Uh, hopefully Lamar can execute them. You know, I, I really haven't been particularly impressed with what I've seen from him as a passer. So uh, I, I'm int- This is probably the game I'm most intrigued in this weekend. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I, I feel, I feel pretty strongly about the chargers. Chargers are also like a really good road team. So that's uh Right. I think they were like two and six against the spread at home. They have zero home field advantage. None. So now Baltimore is a good home team. So, you know, maybe that's a little bit negated, but we'll see what happens. I mean, this is, (laughs) this is going to be a fun one, I think. Yeah. And the one thing that I I really want to see, I, like if I was uh, on this offensive coaching staff, I want to see some friggin' John Brown jet sweep. Get this man involved. And, uh, you know, have them expand the defense horizontally a little bit. So, Jim, if you uh, – or John. If you're listening. If you watch the show. Jim, too. Maybe Jim will text him if he hears. Yeah. Just get get John, get John JB in the game a little bit. Get him a little jet sweep action. Also, Jim, if you're listening, you suck. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you damn khakis. Oh, gosh. All right. So, last game on the weekend, Eagles at Bears. This is the biggest spread of the week. Bears are favored by six at home. Totals at 41. And uh, the DVOA stuff, actually, I thought was pretty interesting this game. We've got uh, overall DVOA, Philly 15th, Chicago 5. Offense, Philly 16th, Chicago 20th. Defense, Philly 15th, Chicago 1. And... uh, Special teams, Philly again, 15th, and Chicago, 26th. So, like, so Philly just straight middle of the road and everything. Right. Like, Philly is, like, very average across the board, whereas Chicago is just amazing on defense and not very good anywhere else. What do you think of the matchup? Yeah. This is uh, – I've gone back and forth on this one a couple of times. I think ultimately I'm siding with the Bears. Um, the Action Network has the projected spread at 5. So the value technically lies with the Eagles right now, but I kind of just am a big into like fading the public. Uh, I'm not really fading them with the chargers, but I'm kind of fading them everywhere else. Like, I think the narrative right now is that the Eagles have come into their own, you know, they were the Super Bowl team last year. They, um, now that they have Foles back at the helm, like everything is right in the world, mm-hmm. but going into Chicago, and playing this defense, like this defense has humiliated teams at times this year. I mean, the Rams went in there and the Bears embarrassed Jared Goff, like like badly. So Nick Foles is going to need to bring his biggest dick if he's walking <laughs> into Soldier Field and, and coming out with a win, I think. Um, the spread obviously is a little bit concerning, like it's the biggest spread of the week. But I think the Bears have kind of earned that with how they've played this year. So I kind of think Chicago has some dark horse Super Bowl potential. I really do. Like, I know at this point we've all kind of come along to the fact that, like, defense doesn't necessarily win championships anymore. But a good defense is obviously not a bad thing. So if Trubisky can can be competent, that's the big question mark in his first playoff game. And I don't think it'll matter so much this week against the Eagles because, like, their whole secondary is just obliterated with injuries. It's more going to be down the road if Trubisky's ready and up to the task. Um, so I will take the Bears here, and I'm considering maybe putting a little sprinkle on their Super Bowl odds. Ooh. I think what they probably have, like, what, like, fourth best odds? 
I think they're like ten to one ish. Yeah, I um. So there's there's a couple keys for me here at Chicago. Like number one, the injuries are big. I, I they really need like Eddie Jackson to play. Probably He's gonna play though, maybe. right? It's is it like official? I don't know if it's official, but I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't suit up. Yeah, it's playoff game, right? Um, so I, I like that. You know, I, they need him now. I do think I do agree with you that Chicago at home, huge, 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 huge advantage. Um, that's where they play their best football. That's where you get like the, I don't know, like the the Bears, like the, the Chicago mystique, right? Like it's all it's like, all I shoulder down. Frozen Tundra, I guess that's Lambeau Field, but it gets cold at Soldier Field too, and the crowd's going wild, and you got Khalil Mack breathing down your neck. Right, exactly. Soldier Field, yeah, I hear you. Home. So, so that's like a big deal to me. I just I, this the only thing that I think has to concern you if you're a Bears backer is like, will Trubisky give the game away? Like that's that is reasonable. Um, you know, first time in the playoffs, I think his ability has has been questioned. He's had some big games this year, but I'm not really sure that people are are buying him yet as like a legitimate quarterback. They shouldn't be, right? I no, I agree. So like, that's the edge, right? Is that we have the Super Bowl chops with Foles against the relatively green Trubisky? Uh, I do agree that Philly's secondary very bad, so there's going to be spots for Chicago to attack. Um. And Philly has really struggled this year with pass-catching running backs as well. So uh, the boy Tariq is obviously going to be in a good spot to uh, produce and to help the offense as well. So, uh, And it sounds like all the Bears receivers are going to play. So that's that's pretty big after last week, you know, losing two and Robinson already being out. So, you know, it does seem like things are all systems go for the Bears. Uh, I just think it's too many points. I, I just think six is too many. I think this game's going to be really close. Um, I think it could end up being a little more high scoring than this. I, I think I, I do think that there's a situation where, like you know, Jackson reaggravates an injury, slot guy's already out, um, Bowles got a little magic. Like all of a sudden, you got a couple of touchdowns. But uh, I am going to take Philly here. I mean, I I don't want to bet this game because I don't want to side with the massive public bet that's going to be in on Philly. Um, but that's probably the side that I would take. I was looking for trends like for big for big favorites in the wild card round, and I couldn't find any. I would have thought that maybe like big favorites were still a little undervalued, but uh, they were not. Yeah, I mean six and a half like isn't even that big, you know? Like it's the biggest it of the weekend. Big, yeah. it, it seems bigger because there's you know three, two, and one on the board right now, but like it's less than a touchdown. You know, that's not that much in the NFL. So. Um, I, I completely agree. It's all about Trubisky, right? Like, is he ready to win games for Chicago or at, at the very least not lose them? Right. You know, that's how Philly wins is like Trubisky throws a pick on their side of the field and all of a sudden the Eagles can score without moving the ball, you know, 60 yards. Right. To me, that stuff, though, is like very overblown. Like, I'm not saying that experience isn't a factor, but like before Nick Foles was big dick Nick, he was just Nick Foles last year. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He had to win four games in the playoffs to get this reputation. So, you know, guys like Trubisky, guys like Deshaun Watson, guys like uh, even Lamar Jackson who haven't been there yet. Like uh, obviously the lack of experience is somewhat of a concern, but I don't think that it's like, oh, we can't bet on these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, like they have to, the only way you can build a reputation is by getting the opportunities to do it. So, you know, maybe a couple of years, you know, next year we'll be looking and saying, oh, Mitch Trubisky's a gamer, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that we say about Nick Foles right now. I mean, you definitely run. So that's like, that's like the fun thing, by the way, about like all these young quarterbacks. Like we're like, eh, I don't really know how good he is, but he can run. He can run. That applies <laughs> to like three or four different guys. Like, Trubisky, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. I'm all in on Josh Allen now, by the way. Like, maybe not in real life, but, and I know this is not a fantasy show, Josh Allen, top five quarterback next year. Yeah, no, I can buy that. I mean, he has no weapons, and he's basically crushed every, like, in the aggregate. I, uh, he's fun. There's something to be said for fun, guys. 
Yep. And like, I, after Mahomes this year, I would rather be too early on a guy than too late. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, like uh, again, and this is not a fantasy show, but I'm reaching for like young guys next year. And if I lose, I lose. Hey, I did win my first Lindy League. Hey. <laughs> I won it. The most competitive home league in the United States of America. And listen, I know you're listening out there saying, but my home league's competitive. No, it's not as competitive as this one. Okay. So I don't want to hear about it. The most competitive home league in America. I won it this year. It is that's, really competitive, honestly. I'd be really su- I would be really surprised if someone had a more competitive home league than us without like having crazy rules and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we have like not to toot our own horns, but like me and you both work in the industry. Like, there's probably not a lot of towns that have two contributors from the same high school. Yeah, so. Lindenhurst, fucking powerhouse. Swindle. And <laughs> our friend John Schrank, I'll put him up against anybody in a fantasy league. I might draft the team for him, but I'll let him manage the shit out of it during the year. And he'll get that baby in the playoffs. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Let's get into the uh, Book It My Bookie picks of the week. Now, we've been giving you guys five games every week, but since there's only four, we obviously can't do that. Uh, so we're instead going to give you our favorite pick of the week, and we'll start with you, Matt. As always, our reigning champ from the regular season, 47-35-3 overall record to finish the year. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. 47-35-3 um, is like over 57%. Um, like if you can get to 60%, that's like mythical status. Like if you, if you could be a 60% winning better for a long period of time, you're like a god. So I'm very happy to get to 57 and a half. Like I ran good at times this year, um, especially to end the season. But like I'm, I'm proud. I, I'm very proud of my record, and I'm gonna hope to give us get us some winners uh, in the playoffs, and then carry it into you know future sports. This time next year, who knows? Maybe I'll be living out in Vegas. Um, so my pick this week is going to be the Chargers plus three on the road against Baltimore. Um, we dove into all the games in depth, so I'm not going to rehash too many of the points here, but I just think that the Ravens' inability to score touchdowns, coupled with the fact that the Chargers are the first team to, you know, see Lamar Jackson twice and, and have that experience against him, I think that that's enough for them to get the win in this contest. All right, I'm going right back to where we started, and I'm going to take the Colts. I'm also going to recommend the under. Uh, if you are interested in totals, that's actually probably the bet I'm most likely to make this weekend. Um, so make that your bet. Well, I, oh yeah, okay. I didn't want to. I didn't know if I wanted to take a total since you know I figured there's only four games to take a side. But I know you feel this way, but like I, as I keep telling you, like you can make just as much money betting totals. Like there's no stigma. I would not care if you came on this show and picked five totals every week. Like just do whatever gives you and our listeners the best chance of winning. All right, so then we're going under then because this total is way too high. It's already come up. Uh, at one point today, I think it was at 49, and uh, it's already back down to 48. On top of some of the stuff we mentioned before with, like, the injuries and, uh, you know, the fact that this is the third time now that these teams have played each other, the second game already went under. And uh, if you look over at the Quant Edge with their betting tool, which has really done a great job on totals, I think they're like 60% on the year in totals. Mythical number. Mythical number. Uh, <laughs> they believe this total should be closer to 43. They have it at 43.3. Wow. And give it a 65.2% chance to go under. So really, really like the under in this spot. Um, you know, goes along with a bunch of the trends I mentioned before. Uh, playoff unders, or I should say uh, wildcard weekend unders, have been very profitable overall as well. So... Uh, if you just were looking to bet unders in uh, Wild Card Weekend in particular, you'd do really, really well. Uh, 37, 23, and 0, 62% unders since the uh, 2003 postseason. Wild Card Weekend unders. So That's a good trend. You should have led with that trend. I actually, I honestly forgot about it. Like, I was like, oh, I got to make sure I mentioned this in the first game. And then I forgot. So, you know what? Fuck you guys. I hope you listen to the whole show. And you guys. <laughs> You see, if you if you cut out early, you don't get the good trend. Sixty-two uh, percent under. So uh, I will be I will be leaning under on most of these games, but this is the one that I like the most. And this is the one I will most likely bet. So I think that there's some validity to that trend. The like 
you know, like we've at least this year, like we've seen the totals kind of get inflated, but mm-hmm. we already mentioned that like all the good offensive teams are not playing this week. So, like, I, I would bet that that rings true for a lot of years. Like, the Patriots never play on wild card weekend. Like, the Steelers very rarely do when they're in the playoffs. So, it, I think that makes a ton of sense. Unders on wild card weekend. Let's do it. Yeah. And the one thing, too, that I'll say is um, shoot, I, my brain just completely <laughs> stopped working. I can't believe this is happening right now. It's great radio. We're talking about unders. Oh. Uh, the over, we talked about this earlier in the year, like the overs got out to like a huge, huge lead at the end of the season, unders were more profitable. So the unders really caught up down the stretch. And right. I think we could see that continue into the playoffs. Makes sense to me. So that's going to do it for this very special playoff edition, wildcard weekend edition of laying the points brought to you by my bookie. Please be sure to subscribe to rate and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And get that deposit bonus on my bookie for using promo code Rotoviz. Follow us here on Twitch. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on iTunes. Just just get us everywhere you can. For Matt Lamarca, I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing.